0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Hey, Playmakers. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's our favorite time of the week. You know that we love to have special guests on, but we are going to toss it on over to her and let her introduce herself
2: guys my name is Jana williams my husband is dante williams he's the db coach at the university of southern california so um, we're in the college football world and uh, we do have a two-year-old son he's about to be three his name is king and we're currently located in sunny los angeles
0: I know. We're so jealous. We were just talking about that for a while before we started the podcast of how amazing her background is. If only you guys could see, it just looks so beautiful and sunny. But okay, King, how did you come up with that name for your son? That's so cute. I just want to know how that even came about.
2: Once we found out we were having a boy, actually, even before we knew we were having a boy, that was kind of my husband's only name that he was like (laughs) If we have a son, this is what his name's going to be. I've always wanted it. And you know, initially we were like maybe we should go Kingston because maybe King's a little too aggressive. <laughs> but <laughs> we were like, you know what? We're in Los Angeles too. You know, like, true. This is what we want to do. It's a strong name. He's going to just be a strong kid and uh that's where we went with it. You know, we had a million names thrown out there. And initially when we said King, people were like, "King what?" You know, they thought it was maybe just like a pre-name yeah. to the name. Someone was like King and kind of paused. I'm like, no, 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 it's just King.
1: No, maybe they're like King George or King <laughs> yeah. whatever. They're like wanting that addition yes. too. No, I love it. It is such a powerful name though. I I think it's very creative and you don't hear about that name very often. So definitely a good choice. But we want to back up and hear about your history because we know that you're in LA, but how... Did you meet your significant other? And we know that football probably was not the beginning of the journey. So walk us through where you all have been and how you met.
2: So We actually met at the University of Washington. I grew up in Seattle and I went to school there. I actually cheered there as well. So I was a diehard Husky my whole life and I never thought I'd ever have to root for another school. (laughs) But Dante was a GA there, so it was about the year after I graduated, he showed up there as a GA, and we just kind of had mutual friends. His barber was actually my childhood best friend, so I'd always be just hanging out in the barbershop, and he'd come in sometimes, and we'd say hi, and we had mutual friends. You know, Seattle's a major city, but it's really not that big. So you kind of just know everybody. So we knew who each other were. We'd say hi, but that was about it. We were, we were just kind of acquaintances, kind of friends, not really. And then we went about our lives. He went and got a job at San Jose State. I ended up moving down to Los Angeles for graduate school and we never talked. We had <laughs> our own lives going and years later, I was living in LA. I had finished grad school. He was in Nebraska and he was in LA for recruiting and hit me up and was like, Hey, we should get lunch sometime and catch up. It's been years. So we got lunch and that was the end of it. And we just started doing long distance after that. But it was kind of funny because I wasn't really interested (laughs) initially. (laughs) I actually bailed on him for dinner and, for lunch, and then just kind of was like, "Okay, we can go do this. It'll be good to catch up, but I really wasn't thinking anything of it, so it was kind of funny that this is what what happened, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of funny how the world works,
0: yeah, I always feel like it's so crazy to hear everyone's stories because It's like either you meet and that's it and you're like instant or a lot of the people are like, yeah, I was not feeling it, but
2: (laughs) you are on me. (laughs) Yeah, it just wasn't even on my radar actually initially. And I was like, who would want to date this guy when he's living in another state? We would have to do long distance. So I didn't really see it going anywhere. And then it just, you know, worked out.
0: (laughs) And so when you guys actually officially started dating and you were doing long distance, what did you feel was the biggest transition or like the hardest part for you kind of not knowing what... What the football world entailed at that point,
2: I kind of just had to be open with flexibility. And I initially, all my friends were like, "Jay, you know, this—Are you sure this is something you want to do? You know, you—you're in LA. I mean, there's a lot of options out here too." <laughs> like, but you know, it was hard at first. There, you know, with the, the coaching lifestyle, it's not flexible at all. I would just kind of have to be open to, you know, when he could get free, we'd hang out. And even if I'd go visit, he wasn't really around, you know, and that's just kind of the way it was. But through that process, I kind of learned, okay, this is how it is going to be. Am I okay with that? You know, is it something that I could be a part of? So it was nice in the sense that I, I kind of had the, that time to figure it out mm-hmm. in a sense, before it got too serious. yeah. And then when it came time where I was like, okay, we've been doing this for a while, something's got to change. <laughs> and when I eventually made the move, it's probably the scariest decision I've ever made, just because that's a big, that's a big transition. I've never done anything like that. So, yeah. but you know, it worked out. It was, it was a lot of trust and a lot of, I guess, chance taking, but, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. Definitely. And
1: where was the first location that you moved in together and, and started that chapter?
2: I moved to Oregon, Eugene, and it took a while to kind of make that move for me. My, I mean, my career was thriving in Los Angeles. It had really taken off and I was super comfortable and I never wanted to leave. So that was a big that was a big change. You know, from going to Los Angeles to Eugene, it's a big change to kind of put my career on hold was a lot for me at the time. I had never imagined I would do that for anyone, but it was worth it. You know, yeah. when I look back on it, I'm totally glad I I did it, but it was a little bit scary. I'm not yeah, gonna yeah, <laughs> lie. For sure. Yeah.
0: We both can relate to that. And I know that like when you're when you have your own passion and you're you're not even expecting to ever let go of that passion it's so weird to completely like switch your motives and kind of follow someone else's dream for a little bit what were you doing at the time in LA and what did you end up doing when you were In Eugene did you just kind of like hang out and get used to the everything or did you switch careers what was your path like at that point
2: so at the time I had just finished residency I did a year-long residency in Los Angeles at Kaiser Mm -hmm. and at that point I was kind of in this part of my career where it was suddenly taking off I was you know doing quite a bit just in my day to day, you know, nine to five type job. But I also had started to build this clientele on the side, particularly with runners and athletes. The running community became a huge part of my life in LA. And that's where I had met most of my friends. So I had gotten all these opportunities to work with running companies, got to be in some awesome running shoots, help with some apps. And I thought that this is where my life was going to be. And I, my dreams of owning my own business were even blossoming back then. And so I thought, dang, I'm, I'm going to give this up to go move for a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that just wasn't in my personality. Typically I was very work-driven. Yeah. So it was a big step to set that aside and to move to a very small town, but I told him that I didn't want to move until I had a job firmly in place. Mm-hmm. You know, it was such a blessing. I got this job in Eugene where they were very flexible with me. They let me ease in a little bit and I, I only was working about 30 hours for them. And they let me do it in a way where I always had Fridays off so that if I wanted to travel for games, I still could, oh, no. which was a huge deal. And looking back on it, they were so great as far as being flexible, even when they didn't want to be, to allow me to do all things football. So I am very thankful for that. And I happened to get put into a job that worked with a lot of runners in Eugene as well. So it, it was great. It was a difficult transition, I would say, just going from something I was so comfortable with and had a huge community, but it actually ended up working out okay, being at the, the job that I went to and they were great in letting me find kind of my own small running community to reach out to and to be a part of and bring them into our workplace. Mm -hmm. So it kind of was the best situation possible. I am very thankful for that. I think I really would have, I would have had a hard time. Yeah. I think if I, if I didn't have that at all. So that, that probably was the best possible possible thing that could have happened to me.
1: Yeah, I feel like during that first that first big transition where you have to basically sacrifice everything and give it all up and you're like here I go, I'm going to make the leap. I feel like when you reflect and look back at it, there's so many things that you look at and you're like, okay, well this prepared me for the next chapter and the next step. So, what is something that comes to mind during that hard transition and that hard growth portion of that chapter? What is one thing that comes to mind where you're like, wow, I Took that. I learned this from this chapter, and now I know how to handle it
2: now in the future. I think just the ability to truly be independent mm-hmm. and kind of learn to be on your own, even though you're not, yeah. really has changed my life. I, you know, I think we all can relate to big moves, the loneliness that comes with it yeah. initially. I mean, you get put in a whole new community where you might be the only one that's new, or you might all be new. And so at that point, I was the new girl. I was the girlfriend. I wasn't the wife. So it was a big, big change. And I, I felt that loneliness initially, but I took that on. And I think now it's helped with a lot of these transitions as far as being okay with being alone Mm -hmm. and finding things on my own and finding communities outside of football too that make me feel like myself yeah and I think that's one of the greatest I guess tools that I've I've gained over these years is just to be outgoing in a way I never thought I had to or put myself in a position you know making yourself vulnerable to new opportunities we'd like to think we're all Bit at that, but I definitely wasn't. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Initially, yeah. change is not easy. So I think that's been one of the biggest lessons I've learned and also traits that I've I've learned to take on. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think it's also so hard because you've gone from like big cities, Seattle, LA to like a small town where you don't have the opportunity to just go and meet a bunch of people that have a lot of the same interests as you because there's just a smaller community of people. So I think it's awesome that you really did you know, kind of find your place there, even though that wasn't something that was super easy for you. And you said you were a girlfriend at the time. And I kind of want to dive into that a little bit. Like what was your path like? Were you a girlfriend for a while and then fiance? Like what was that like? And did you feel a difference between being a girlfriend and a fiance or a wife?
2: I think all the girlfriends in the world can relate that mm. <laughs> it can be a bit of a tough transition. Dante was a position coach at the time. Mm-hmm. So he was a quote unquote, like you guys know, full time staff yeah. member, which definitely makes a difference Yeah, in that sense. But at the same time, I was one of two girlfriends on the staff, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm one of the other position coaches had a girlfriend. So me and her kind of became best friends right away because we just knew we were in a little bit different of a position. I am extremely thankful that many of the wives were very welcoming and took me under their wing in a ways. And there was a small group of us younger girlfriends and wives that became very good friends right off the bat and I think if it weren't for them I probably wouldn't have made it through that first yeah. year because at the end of the day I mean you're a girlfriend and everyone kind of just has kind of that assumption like are you going to be here next year are you not how close do we get with you how how much do we let you in you know because it is a sacred community right we we hold each other close and when somebody new comes in that you aren't sure will be there long term of course it it's hard to kind of open up and I see that now as a wife why it might be hard but it definitely that definitely was a transition there were some that you know weren't as excited yeah. <laughs> to have yeah. me around and mm-hmm. And that's the way it was and I would say it was such so interesting watching that tra- transition then becoming the fiance and everyone kind of being able to relax around me a little mm-hmm. bit more I guess and be like okay yeah you're you're gonna be here now so we, we know we're that <laughs>
0: we're good yeah do you think that it's changed your perspective at all for anyone that's that's on your new or future teams like that are girlfriends coming in because you've been there and you've been in that position. Do you think it's changed your perspective towards other people?
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. There were certain things that I went through that first year. I I won't get into them, but I kind of made this promise to Dante even, you know, I was like, remind me as the years go on to not be that person. Yeah. Like remind me to always treat these women in the same way you know, as much as possible, Mm -hmm. because I have felt what it's like to not be included in certain things or just to kind of emotionally feel detached. Yeah. So I think it's given me a a different level of empathy in that way, Mm -hmm. just to know that that was not the easiest, you know, to go in with that big move and then to go through certain things that I would never want others to feel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that it's it's changed for me just in the way that maybe I interact with with everyone or I hope that I've made yeah. them feel over the years.
1: No, that's good. We that's one of the reasons why we have our podcasts is because we feel that inclusive just just growth that we all want and the community base so we can definitely relate and feel that you know just having that inclusiveness and just remembering just even the kindness to all and being in that position for sure and with that so once you get to USC how many seasons have you been there and now you're back in LA so all things are right in the world again and so let's talk about USC how many seasons first and then we'll dive into your career again.
2: So this is our third season here at USC. We got the opportunity to move back to LA in 2020 and it was a little delayed. We were supposed to move in March of 2020. That didn't happen. We got on got put on lockdown and It was kind of an odd time because we were stuck in Eugene for the next four months or so, but we weren't a part of the Oregon staff anymore. So we were, it was, it was an odd time. We couldn't really leave the house. (laughs) We didn't know what to do, but we're part of the USC staff, but we aren't even living there. So it was, it was hard and it was weird. I mean, you guys know that was just a weird time. We learned to love our spouses in a totally different way (laughs) during that time. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never spent this much time with you in my life. (laughs) I need you to go back to work. You're like this is what it would
0: be like if you were home all the time. I don't know if I'm a fan.
2: Totally. And I think every coach's wife can agree that that needed to end immediately. Yeah. I mean, we love our spouses and we think it would be great to spend all this time with them and then they're home all the time and you're like, Oh my gosh,
1: I need space.
2: So, yeah. yeah. I'm like running through plays with him in, in the house and like this is not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So being back in LA, it was the gift that we never thought we'd ever get. I never thought I'd get to come back here truly. And to have that opportunity so soon, it was just a, it was a huge blessing. Dante, he wanted to come back for a lot of reasons. This is home for him. He grew up here. His family is here. So we are so lucky now to have family around us. Yeah. It makes such a huge difference. And my brother lives in San Diego. So to have immediate family and close family all around us right now has oh yeah. You don't know what it's like until you yeah. you're away from them. Right. Right. So that's just been a game changer for these last couple of years. And and then to be back in my community again with work and with running has really truly been amazing too. I embrace it as much as I can because I never know how long we're going to get to be here. So, I try to wake up every day and just be thankful for for that piece of it because I do know for so many of us what it's like to be far from family and in a a place that might not be where the opportunities might not be there yeah. to do anything and everything that we want. So yeah, yeah. I, I really try to, you know, embrace it for what, for as long as I can. Yeah.
0: And were you able to jump back into that same community that you had before you left? Did you build something different? I know that you said you were kind of on the entrepreneur, like building your own business track before you left. Were you able to kind of come back in and do that?
2: Not initially. When we moved back, I mean, life's is different now. Yeah. I gave birth to our son right before COVID hit. And so he was just about six months old when we got to LA. And you know, my vision immediately was that I was gonna get back to regular life of what it used to be. Mm -hmm. I was gonna go back to work and run and do all these things. And it wasn't possible right away. I didn't wanna go back to work in the hospital system during COVID with a newborn. So I stayed at home. And I kind of started to go crazy. (laughs) I had never been a stay-at-home wife, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home anything. So it was a bit of a dark time for me, I'd say. I'm definitely a people person and I thrive off of others. So being just a mom and just a wife wasn't enough for me. I think it's incredible. The women out there that can do that—they are. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. Being a mom, being a wife, it's so hard in and of itself. But I just felt like I needed something a little more because mm-hmm. it, I wasn't feeling like myself anymore. Yeah. yeah. So it was Dante actually first was like, "Hey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem very happy on a day to day right now." And and I just wasn't because there wasn't that joy that work brought me, Um, especially in my field, the feeling of others getting better and um, almost that feeling of joy of I did something for somebody else. I just, I wasn't getting enough feedback. So that's kind of where jumping back into work came. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it was going to be. I started looking at just going back to my you know, nine to five type job. But I also knew that 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 wasn't ideal Mm -hmm. for the football world. So that's kind of where my own business came about. It was always my dream back in the day, but I kind of never thought that would actually happen. So when I had the opportunity to go for it, it ended up just being the perfect time and place. And that's kind of where it got going.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about your business though, because you just launched your website. We saw that on Instagram and it's super neat. And I know that there is a lot that goes into building a website and especially just a company in general. There's so many ins and outs, even with us creating more than a season, we have mad respect for everybody else that puts together their own brand. And so with that, where did the thought process come from just with your brand overall? And then what is a day-to-day look? like for you now because now you have your own clients so what does that look like
2: so when I first started talking about having my own business I mean this was back in 2016 like the year I got out of school I always said in LA wouldn't it be cool to have food truck PT People like, what does that mean it's like well nobody wants to drive anywhere in LA mm-hmm. convenience is what it's all about So I always thought it would be so cool to buy a food truck and remodel it into a clinic and put in tables and, you know, rebuild it in a way to make it a functional clinic and drive it around and treat people or set it up in a place and have an area where I knew there were a lot of clients and have them be able to come five minutes from my location versus the hour that it might normally take. So initially, that's where my thought process was at. I kind of put that away and never really thought about it ever again. (laughs) So when we got back to LA, and I started thinking through that again, friends that I had talked to way back in 2015 about it, they were like, why don't you do that again? Why not try to make something of that So I started reaching out to a lot of PTs that I knew that were starting this kind of cash, pay, private practice, mobile practice type of model, and then also talked to some other personal trainer friends and other people in LA that had made businesses work. And from there, I, I kind of created this idea that I was going to do concierge physical therapy. We have a space in our house that we built out that is the clinic, essentially. There's gym equipment in it, at the table. Everything is set up there to see patients. But I also provide the option to drive to them as a concierge service. So, you know, just like it would be for any other concierge service, You kind of pay for what you get. Right. I think people have really embraced it here, especially in LA, because the mindset I think out here for health and wellness is really important and just being at your best and whatever that means and whatever that takes to be at your best people will do here especially for health wellness fitness things like that so I have found it to be successful in in that way I don't know if it would be successful in every market but here it definitely works the virtual appointments that I offer I do get those but probably not as much as the in-person people really at the end of the day enjoy that in person interaction. But that's kind of where the model came from. As far as my schedule goes, it's been great because I can be pretty flexible. Mm -hmm. I can see people when I want to see them around King's schedule with school and driving him to everything around football and being able to go to the games. Football at the end of the day and being a mom are still two of the most important things in my life. So although I love work, it still comes second to all of that. Yeah. So that was really important to me with this, that I still be able to travel and go to the games, still be a part of recruiting, still be a part of our son's life in every way possible. So this has truly been the best of both worlds to be able to do both. I sometimes see patients at, you know, five in the morning, nine o'clock at night, in the middle of his naps while he's at school, but it's a way for me to make both work and um and I've I've really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure with LA traffic too, people prefer to come really early or really late. So it kinda works out or in the middle of the day.
2: (laughs) Totally. And and you know, it's actually worked out, you know, with everyone working so remotely now, it's been really easy. At first I was like, who's gonna come see me at two o'clock in the afternoon? Or who's gonna be able to come see me at 10 AM? Yeah. But here actually I'd say a majority of people I see don't even go into the office. And if they do, it's, oh, you can kind of come in, kind of leave. And so the flexibility has been really great on that side of it too.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I have kind of a hard question, but you guys have been through a coaching change at USC, but y'all stayed there. What was that like? Because I feel like that's kind of a crazy thing that not a ton of people get to experience. Usually, you know, Everyone goes, as we know, in these industries. So what was that transition like?
2: I'd love to say it was the easiest <laughs> situation ever, but it, was, it wasn't because we, at the end of the day, you love the people that you were with previously, and then it's hard not to just feel that some type of way, you know, a little bit at first when, when a whole bunch of new people come in. And in our case, a lot of people that already knew each other. hmm yeah. so i went from being the the seasoned wife with a group of women that i'd been with for a few years to suddenly being the new girl again yeah in our same school and that was something i never had experienced and i didn't really know how to experience it so it had its moments of just you know time to learn new names and say goodbye to old friends that were still living here while a new staff came in and you know there were tears and there were emotions through that for our whole family. I mean, it's hard to say goodbye mm-hmm. like you guys know mm-hmm. to to families and friends that you've made. With that transition too, we we transitioned not only with staff and coaches but with a lot of players. So just saying goodbye to those families too was yeah. difficult, but you know, it's been such a positive experience in the same way. The new staff has been incredible and I can't say enough in a positive way about them as well. So you just kind of, you you really just learn to roll with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just feel like during that time, even though the transition is usually very quick, like everything's moving and going fast, but for being the significant other, I mean, even if it was a week, that would feel like 10 years to me, like sitting and just waiting and not knowing like, are we here? Are we not? Like what conversations have been had? And so just sitting there and not being able to know like what to do, I think that would be the hardest piece. And so how did you keep yourself calm, if you did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Like, what did you do to just keep your mind? Like, I'm just gonna keep doing my day-to-day tasks until we know other- Like otherwise.
2: Well, and you know, everyone wants to know. Yeah. So everywhere you go, it's always the question, are you guys staying? What's going to happen? Do you guys have other offers? You know? And yeah. we were kind of like, listen, you'll find out when we know too, <laughs> you know, like we're we don't know hiding. anything.
1: <laughs>
2: no, I'm not. I, I, there's not all this information that I'm just holding on to, and <laughs> yes. we're, we're going to just pretend and hide it until the day we decide. No. Yeah. Um, it, it was such a weird time, right? Because Dante went from being a position coach to being the interim head coach. Right. We were not expecting at all. And taking on that new role was just, I mean, it was the craziest couple months of our lives to try to fill the shoes of somebody else for those couple months was difficult. And, you know, I am so thankful for just the people around us that stuck with us during that time and gave Dante encouragement and us encouragement through that. And then to go through this new time where all of us wives just didn't know what was going to happen. And a coaching change happened and we still had a game left. And that was really hard to go into that game knowing that we might not have a job anymore. And then on top of that, then the season ended and we just kind of were here (laughs) in limbo. And every day it was this unknown of what's going to happen to us. And I tried to just be the constant through it because I knew if I got too emotional that, I mean, it wasn't going to help Dante at all. So I really, really tried to just stay busy with King and with work and try to be positive in any way I could. And then Dante got a massive (laughs) kidney kidney stone during that because of all the stress. So, you know, that, that added to it, (laughs) I guess it took away from the stress of football for a little bit, because all we were thinking about was that. So it was just, yeah, it was an interesting time. And we kind of just tried to stay busy within our own family and do things here that we enjoyed for as long as we could, Mm -hmm. um, just because we didn't know what was going to happen. And then when we got the opportunity to stay it was kind of this breath of fresh air that, okay, you know, I don't have to sell the house right now. And I, uh, you know, all the things we don't have to look for new schools and new doctors and, you know, yeah, all the, all the things that come with the, <laughs> with the big moves. But yeah, that was, that was kind of the craziest couple of months ever just going from that whole end of the season into the new season. And, you know, the minute, you find out you're sticking around, it's like boom, okay, go full force. Yeah. With with the new staff, with the new year. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. So.
0: That's so crazy. We kind of experienced that from a different perspective. So I just love to hear other people Mm -hmm. like and how they handle things. And I think for me personally, like I kind of settled just like you said into that like calming force, which is not me at all. So I think that's interesting how we kind of like, you know, we have to take that on because they're kind of up and down and rollercoastering all over the place with their emotions. So you have to kind of be that calming force, even though that might not be your personality type. But just in those situations, it's kind of weird how that settles onto to you and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to just be that rock right now. So it's just interesting to hear other people's perspectives.
2: Yeah. Kind of learning to be that constant force is something that I had never <laughs> had to necessarily do and kind of be that, okay, we're okay. Yeah. Everything's okay. worry, <laughs> We're going to be okay. You know, being that person was definitely not necessarily me all the time. So I think we as wives just have to take on that role sometimes. Yeah. Even though we don't, even if we don't want to, yeah. but it's kind of the only thing that holds these guys together. Yeah, <laughs> That's Yeah. so true. hundred
1: <laughs> percent agree. Well, we ask this question at the end of every single interview and we would love to hear your answer. So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now to help yourself either in this industry, career, personally, what would you tell your younger self?
2: You know, I would say just stay true to your original self. You know, the football world, the sports world can change us a lot. This lifestyle, all the changes that we go through, the transitions, the jobs, it can change us. It can, for better, for worse, you know, but uh, staying true to yourself through all of it, whatever your original self was, I think is probably, as I look back on the years, most important to me at the end of the day, remembering who I am and what I love and the things that Make me happy, no matter where we're living, no matter the situation. That's been really, really important to me. You know, you may be put in situations where you are kind of the outsider looking in and you don't need to change who you are in order to please everybody at the end of the day being who you are and finding the things that you love to make you happy wherever you may be at and is really important yeah love that answer thank you
0: so much and thank you again for coming on the podcast we love hearing your perspective and just your full honesty
1: so thank you again for being a guest
2: thank you guys for having me
1: Yes. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast or on TikTok at more than a season for the latest updates.
1: If you have enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe and leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time.